Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. a knock at the door and a chaotic frenzied attack followed there was a massive warmth to the side of my chest which was the first stab wound to the chest the knife missed his heart by millimeters in the 20 years that i've had as a detective this is one of the most chilling and harrowing cases because it's the kind of thing of nightmares that you have where you open the door and you're faced with a complete stranger attacking you Welcome to Season 7, Episode 6 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. On the eve of Halloween 2019, The gentle tapping of laptop keys could be heard in the home of Dr. Adam Towler. He worked as a trauma specialist, and not unusually for people in the medical profession, the doctor had some work he needed to complete before he retired to bed. Dr. Towler, in his early 50s, lived on Caledonia Place in Bristol, a prestigious area in Clifton Village made up of a large percentage of Grade two listed properties, a stone's throw from Avon Gorge and the Clifton Suspension Bridge. The terrace of Georgian houses overlook the Mall Gardens, a pleasant spot for local dog walkers and a short stroll into town makes it a desirable area for the affluent. 
it was around 10.30pm, when there was a knock at Dr. Towler's front door. He was not expecting any guests, but as it was the eve of Halloween, maybe some children had decided to trick or treat a day early. The doctor closed his laptop and opened the front door. Illuminated by the streetlight outside, the silhouette of a man Dr. Towler did not know was cast onto the hallway floor before the doctor was pushed backward. Is this trick or treat? Dr. Towler asked, but he received no reply. The doctor then shouted, You've had your fun. Now please leave. The man then grabbed Dr. Towler by the shirt and pulled him outside onto the dark street. Out of the corner of his eye, the doctor saw a shiny object in the hand of his attacker, and the man lunged. Taken by surprise, Dr. Towler felt a sharp pain in the left side of his chest. The man exclaimed, You killed the girl, as he lunged again, and again, and again. Dr. Towler desperately tried to defend himself against the blows, but the attacker had caught him off guard, and he was no match for someone armed with a knife. He tried his best to calm the man down, but the assault continued. Dr. Towler was dragged down the street by a person he still did not recognise. Within a matter of seconds, blood was streaming down the doctor's face. He struggled to see where the man was and where the attacker was going to lunge next. Miraculously, Dr. Towler managed to break free and stumble back toward his home as the assailant came running in his direction still armed with the knife. The doctor managed to get inside, slamming the door behind him and securing the lock. He grabbed his iPhone and attempted to call for help. He tried to use facial recognition to unlock the device, but the blood on his face rendered him unrecognisable. The doctor struggled as blood also covered the phone, making it difficult to use the touchscreen. Dr. Towler was losing dangerous amounts of blood, so he stumbled back outside to try and get help from a neighbour. However, the attacker was still there and ran toward him. Dr. Towler retreated back inside, where this time he successfully called the emergency services. I need an ambulance. I am injured. There is a man with a knife who injured me in the vicinity. While on the phone with the operator, Dr. Towler's attacker remained outside, bashing loudly on the front door. In addition to the knife, the attacker had brought along a flashlight. He's shining a light through the door. I believe he's mentally disturbed. I killed her. Is that what he's saying you did? You just need to send a police and ambulance, yes. The doctor was standing near the front door, keeping an eye on the assailant, fearing that the unknown man would try to break in to continue his assault. The attacker then began throwing his entire weight at the front door as the frame was flexing under the strain. 
With each thump, Dr. Towler's fear intensified. I'm bleeding, he's battering the door. Is that him at the moment? Yes, sir. Yes, I can hear is. that. And you're safe inside with your door locked? I am, yes. Just, just bear me a the moment. The door may not hold, he's banging it hard. Dr. Towler explained to the operator on the other end of the line that he was bleeding from the head and abdomen. He then told the call handler that he was finding it difficult to be coherent and that he needed to sit down. The doctor knew that he was injured severely. The pain was beyond comprehension and he was afraid to assess his injuries. As he sat down, he struggled to breathe. He was assured the police and paramedics were on their way. While still on the call, Dr. Towler described the attacker as being somewhere between 30 and 50 years old and 5 feet 8 inches to 5 feet 10 inches tall. In immense discomfort and rapidly losing blood, Dr. Towler lay on the floor. As he did, he began to imagine what his post-mortem examination would be like. Fear washed over him as he pictured himself on the mortuary table. As paramedics and police were racing to the scene, bystander Thomas Wainwright saw a black male, aged between 20 and 25 years old, run past him. He was wearing a coat with a frilly hood. At the time, Wainwright thought nothing more of it, as he did not witness the attack but minutes later he could hear sirens blaring. Dr. Towler's breath was getting faint, but he continued to talk with the 999 operator until police and paramedics pulled up outside his home. He managed to pull himself up to unlock the front door and let the first responders inside. He was transported to Southmead Hospital where it was discovered that he had been stabbed a total of nine times. There was one wound to his chest, three to his left arm, four to his face, and one to his scalp. The stab wound to the doctor's chest had punctured his lung and missed his heart by just mere centimetres. There was a certainty expressed by Dr. Towler that he had never seen the man before in his life, It seemed random, not a targeted attack. Police closed off the area surrounding the scene and collected evidence. The location has an abundance of personal security equipment, so household cameras and CCTV footage from local businesses were recovered. One nearby camera had captured an individual who appeared to partially match the description of the attacker given by both Dr. Towler and witness Thomas Wainwright. In an attempt to generate some leads, police released the footage of the suspect, hoping that somebody would be able to identify him. Remarkably, considering the extent of his injuries, Dr. Adam Towler was discharged from hospital just a couple of days later. 
he returned to his home at Caledonia Place to continue his recovery. Although he was determined to get back into his normal routine, which included walking to and from work, the thought that the attacker was still out there played on his mind. Dr. Towler later told a packed courtroom, Other things were difficult, like walking in the street outside my house in the dark, especially when it was wet and the pavement was shining like on the night of the 30th of October. Dr. Towler's concerns were not unfounded, even though the perpetrator did not visit him a second time. Someone else was about to fall foul of a similar petrifying assault. Just a mile from Caledonia Road, 39-year-old Wojtek Rosmarek was sitting on a bench at the junction of Apsley Road and White Ladies Road. The bustling area is home to various restaurants, schools, shops, offices and warehouses. On November 20th, it seemed unusually quiet. Winter was fast approaching, and any commuters were absorbed in their journey home to escape the cold. Wojtek had just finished his shift working in a warehouse, and he was in a familiar place. He sat down on a bench and downloaded a podcast. Seated, engrossed in his own business, suddenly he was caught off guard. Somebody came up behind him and hit him two or three times in the face with something. He was not sure what the object was. There was no time to process what was happening. Voitek later recalled, The blows were within a fragment of a second, like a burst from a submachine gun, really quick. The man sprinted off before Wojtek could comprehend what had happened. At that moment, blood began to gush from Wojtek's face. It quickly dawned on him that the object he had been struck with was a knife. A Bristol University security guard had witnessed the attack and tried to chase down the assailant, but to no avail. He rushed back to the bench to assist Wojtek. The injuries looked severe, but once again by a stroke of luck for the victim, they were not fatal. The security guard walked with Wojtek to Southmead Hospital, but he was told there would be a five-hour wait for treatment. Not wanting to wait that long, Wojtek Rosmarek walked home and treated the facial injuries himself. While the wounds were not life-threatening, he had still been slashed in the face. The following evening was cold and damp, 22-year-old Annabelle Everett was walking home after a night out with her friends in Clifton. As she rounded the corner to her flat, she felt an overwhelming sense of discomfort. There was a man following her. She picked up the pace and made it to the sanctity of her home. 
as she tried to close the door behind her, the man barged his way in. He was armed with a knife. Annabelle began to scream, alerting her male roommate, who rushed to her aid. When the would-be attacker realised he would have to subdue more than one person, he fled from the property. Thankfully, Annabelle Everett was not injured, just very shaken by the ordeal. She and her housemate immediately called 999 to report the incident. On the journey to the scene, police officers spotted a man walking along White Ladies Road, which was just around the corner from the break-in. When the man saw them, he took off sprinting on foot. Police pursued him through Westfield Park and then through several residential gardens. He was fast, and officers struggled to keep up. The suspect ran in the direction of Clifton Down Station, bolted onto the slipway and then ran onto the railway platform. As he glanced backward, he was tackled to the ground by a single police officer who had managed to catch up with him. The officer's colleagues were close behind. After slapping handcuffs on the man and lifting him from the ground, they discovered that he was not a man at all. He was a teenager. Once the suspect was detained, he was searched and police recovered two knives hidden away in his coat pocket. One blade was stained with blood. Police then noticed that there appeared to be blood stains on the teenager's jacket as well. The suspect was eventually identified as 17-year-old Chans Maximan. Due to his age, his identity was not initially revealed to the media. With Chans Maximan in custody, police obtained a search warrant for the home he shared with his mother on Woodend Walk in Seamills. It was between three to four miles from where the first two attacks occurred. While gathering evidence, clothing was seized from the property which included a pair of trainers. One police officer recognised them as similar to those worn by the person captured on CCTV following the attempted murder of Dr Adam Towler. There also appeared to be several spots of dried blood on the shoes. A sample from the stains was carefully collected by forensic experts and sent off to be analysed. The marks were confirmed to be blood and a positive match to Dr. Towler. The coat Maximan had been wearing when he was arrested was also taken as evidence. Bloodstains found on the coat came back as a match to Wojtek Rosmarek. It quickly became apparent to the police that Chans Maximan was the serial attacker someone the police had been eager to catch before he hurt or even killed someone else. Once the search of Maximan's home was complete, a search warrant was obtained for his mobile phone. When the device was examined, they found another smoking gun. 
Images of Dr. Towler's home were stored within Maximin's camera roll. The doctor was brought to the police station to see if he could identify Maximin as the man who had attacked him at his home. Jans Maximin took part in an identity parade alongside a group of other men. Dr. Towler believed that Maximin was the man who had attempted to take his life, but he had an intense fear he would identify the wrong man. He told the police that he could not be 100% sure whether Maximin was the man who had attacked him. On December 17th, Chan Maximin was led into court for his first appearance before a judge. The teenager glanced toward his mother and broke into a smile. He was charged with attempted murder, grievous bodily harm and aggravated burglary with intent to cause grievous bodily harm. Maximin was also facing three counts of possessing a bladed article in a public place. The attempted murder charge related to the attack on Dr. Adam Towler, while the grievous bodily harm charge was linked to the attack on Wojtek Rose Marek, and the third charge of aggravated burglary related to the attempted entry of Annabelle Everett's home. District Judge Lynn Matthews remanded Chans Maximin into custody and ordered him to appear at Bristol Crown Court the following month. Chans Maximin addressed those in the Crown Court via video link on January 13, 2020. During the brief hearing, Prosecutor Ray Tully QC told the judge that a plethora of evidence had already been collected against Maximin, including CCTV footage, mobile phone data and DNA. Maximin was again remanded into custody and a tentative trial date was scheduled for June 15th. He pleaded not guilty to all of the charges against him. Subsequently, legal proceedings were then pushed back to October 23rd, while psychiatric assessments were conducted. It was determined that Chan's Maximin was competent to stand trial, and that he was not suffering from a psychiatric illness, and could assist in his own defence. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand, and now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safe for families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to centair.com and using promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at centair.com. On the morning of the trial, the victims and their families shuffled into the courtroom. They sat on one side while Chan's Maximan's family were directed to sit on the other. When Maximan entered the courtroom, he looked toward Dr. Adam Towler, who later said it appeared the defendant acknowledged that he had been the one to almost kill him. During opening statements, prosecutor Ray Tully QC said, the prosecution's case is that Mr. Maximan was responsible for three unprovoked attacks that took place in the Clifton area of Bristol in the autumn of last year. In two of these incidents, the victims were viciously assaulted. And in the third, we say the defendant was disturbed before he assaulted the victim and ran off. Maximan's defence counsel, Edward Hetherington, claimed that his client's mind worked differently from the minds of other people. Etherington told the jury that Maximan had no previous convictions and was described as polite, calm and respectful before committing the attacks. While Chan's Maximan had pleaded not guilty to all of the charges against him, he admitted that he had attacked Wojtek Rosmarek but argued that it was a case of mistaken identity. According to Maximan, when he saw Wojtek on the bench, he mistakenly believed Wojtek was somebody who had threatened him. 
Aximon claimed that he never intended to cause grievous bodily harm, despite the fact he had slashed his victim several times in the face. The compelling evidence linking Maximin to all three attacks was presented during the trial, including the blood stains and the images of Dr. Adam Towler's home, which were found in the camera roll on Maximin's mobile phone. There was also mobile phone data that connected him to the location surrounding Dr. Towler's home. The device had pinged off a nearby phone tower around the same time Dr. Towler was attacked. The evidence linking the defendant to the crimes which included DNA was indisputable, and Chan's Maximin was found guilty of the attempted murder of Dr. Adam Towler, possessing a knife and the wounding with intent of Wojtek Rose Marek. However, he was acquitted of aggravated burglary following the incident at Annabelle Everett's home. Once the verdicts were handed down, the senior investigating officer, Detective Chief Inspector Christina Windsor, spoke outside the court. The very thought of being randomly attacked by a stranger with a knife in your own home or while sat on a public bench is terrifying, and I'd like to praise the immense bravery and courage all the victims and witnesses have shown. I'd also like to reassure the public that attacks of this nature are extremely rare in Avon and Somerset. When they do take place, we take them extremely seriously and put all the resources required into catching those responsible. Jans Maximin would not be back in court to learn his fate until February 2022. The sentencing phase, like many other matters of the court, had been postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. All three of Maximin's victims were sitting in the courtroom. Since the attack that very nearly cost him his life, Dr. Adam Towler started a new career developing medical software. The physical scars from his attack had healed remarkably well, and the largest one on his face was indiscernible. In a true testament to his character, Dr. Adam Towler told Maximin that he forgave him for what he had done and wished him all the best for the future. The doctor stood up in court, staring directly at Maximin, and said, I wish I could wave a magic wand and undo what has happened to us, but I can't, so we have to get on with life in whatever form that takes. I've tried to share some of what it was and is like for me. I don't know how it is for you. I'm guessing that this will be the last contact we have, at least for a bit. So however it works out for you, and you have a lot of years left to live in the normal order of things, good luck, and all the best to you and your family. Dr. Towler had told the court that the random attack had left him feeling fearful of just walking the streets or of people knocking on his door. 
He then said that he sometimes imagined how Maximin had endured his curtailed freedom. Addressing the man that nearly killed him, Dr. Towler remarked, I got lucky, and I am alive, but I very nearly died. I'll say again, I'm not angry with you, but I want to say to you that I am a real human being, just as you are, and I respect our lives equally. We are all human people who live, love, hate. But killing should not be a human thing, and that nearly happened, and I'm unsure if you wanted that to happen when you stabbed me. If I were in your position, that would be a very scary thought for me, but I don't know if you understand it, or at all how it is for you. Dr. Towler recalled how, in the aftermath of the attack, he had taken a holiday. He thought it was a good way to begin the healing process, both physically and mentally. He felt very privileged to be alive and to be able to go abroad, but while there he found himself constantly thinking about Chan's Maximin, commenting, Amid all the great experiences I had on it, I never stopped thinking about you. The doctor felt a great sense of sadness that he had freedom, while Maximin did not, and he wondered whether his attacker had just made a massive mistake or had just been unlucky. Dr. Towler said, When I compared my position with what I imagine yours to be, it sort of didn't seem fair, although I know that's hard to understand. When he had first read in the news that COVID-19 was rampant in prisons, Dr. Towler's first thought was Maximin and whether he was holding up okay. The doctor went on to tell Maximin that he did not think he owed him an apology, but he said he wanted Maximin to know what it was like for him. Perhaps one day Dr. Adam Towler would learn the truth, since the events of that night connected them together forever. The doctor spoke of his life after the attack, and how he wanted things to go back to normal as quickly as possible. But things that were once easy now had an added difficulty. Staring directly at Maxim and Dr. Towler explained, Answering the door when I wasn't expecting someone was something I could not do without thinking twice. I would try to be normal for me, and not put the chain on to stop someone pushing in like you did but sometimes I just had to, and I would feel impolite for not opening the door with a proper polite welcome, the same kind you got when I opened my door to you, I guess. Dr. Towler lived alone, much like he had done the night he was attacked. He told Maximin that sometimes when he hears a noise, such as a door creaking from the wind, he worries that somebody else is in his home. There's an overwhelming urge to go and inspect the noise, but at the same time, the doctor said he was too afraid. I don't think the person is you, he said, but just someone who wants to do bad things to me. 
At night, when Dr. Towler goes to sleep, he's reminded of the attack in his dreams. Chan's Maximan had looked at Dr. Towler intently throughout the entire victim personal statement. When it was concluded, he nodded. It was the first time Dr. Towler had a chance to speak with the young man that attacked him. He had been thinking about what to say for over two years. Following Dr. Towler's impassioned statement, Judge William Hart commended him. The judge said he wasn't sure if it was Dr. Towler's, quote, effect of intellect or faith or kindness and understanding, but he admired the survivor's intellect and envied his faith. Dr. Adam Towler addressed the media outside the courtroom and explained that he still did not know why the attacks were carried out. None of us know what made him do what he did, both to me and to the subsequent two people after me as well. One day, like, maybe sit down and have that chat. Yes. Thank you, Dr. In an attempt to get a more lenient sentence for his client, defence counsel Edward Hetherington explained that Chan's Maximan had a developmental disorder that was a combination of both a learning difficulty and a communication disorder. There were, however, still questions surrounding Maximan's motives. Before his arrest, Maximan had no run-ins with the law and no severe mental health issues, the required treatment in a care facility. Maximan had attended a public school and was raised by a supportive mother who tried to bring stability to his life. She had attended each day of the trial and each court hearing preceding it. However, Maximan's mother was noticeably absent at the sentencing hearing. She said that she would be too distraught to be in attendance. Maximan's grandfather was in the courtroom, but did not provide a statement. Also puzzlingly, throughout the legal proceedings, although Maximan had been provided with an intermediary, he chose to dismiss them. Judge William Hart explained that he had considered Maximan's young age at the time of the offences and his lack of previous convictions. However, despite these mitigating factors, Maximan was still a highly dangerous individual in both the colloquial and legal sense. The motivations behind the random attacks were never uncovered. Maximan had received multiple psychiatric assessments, but no specialist could shed any light on why he carried out the crimes. Judge Hart commented, It is not due to any recognised mental illness or diagnosed personality disorder, and I can only conclude that it is simply because, for whatever reason, you are just like that. Perhaps as a consequence of the impact of your earlier life experiences and the difficulties under which you labour. While attacking Dr. Towler, Maximan had made the comment, You killed the girl but this was never explained. 
It meant nothing to the victim or the investigators who had worked on the case, and Maximin also never explained its significance. The judge believed that when Chan's Maximin had come up behind Wojtek Rosmarek and sliced his face, there was no doubt in the judge's mind that Maximin had in fact been attempting to slit Wojtek's throat. Judge Hart acknowledged that while Maximin had been acquitted of the aggravated burglary of Annabelle Everett's home, Maximin was the individual who had forced his way in, while armed with a knife. Jury had been unable to determine Maximin's motive for the entry, hence the acquittal. In handing down the sentence, the judge said, There is no logical explanation for this offending, other than you were and remain a highly dangerous young man with a wholly distorted view of life and appropriate conduct. Ultimately, Chan's Maximin was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for 12 years and he would only be released when he was no longer a threat to the public. So where are we now? From the courtroom, Chan's Maximin was transported to HMP Belmarsh in London. Since he is a Category A prisoner, He needed to be accompanied by three guards as he moved through the prison. Dr. Adam Towler addressed the numerous reporters that had congregated outside the court. He shared his desire to one day be able to sit down with Chan's Maximin and speak with him. He explained that they owed it to each other. Dr. Towler said a conversation with Maximin would help him better understand the attack. The doctor later granted an interview with the media. Dr. Towler said that the one thing that always crosses his mind was why Maximin didn't kill him on that fateful night. The first wound to his chest was significant, and Maximin could have overpowered Dr. Towler if he wanted to. As the doctor said, I didn't fight back. I just tried to keep things calm and calm it down. You just didn't quite manage to go through with it, as it were. I guess it's given me some opportunity to reflect about the fragility of life, in a way. There's elements of life that are not fair and nothing we can do about it, you know. Something else Dr. Towler found himself pondering was whether Maximin felt any remorse over his actions. The doctor told Bristol Live that one vivid memory of the attack was of sitting in his home as his breathing deteriorated and pondering whether he was going to die. He then added, But I got lucky and I survived. The following day, Dr. Towler spoke on BBC Radio 4's Today programme and expanded on his thoughts regarding Maximin. He said, 
I'm living quite a normal life. A comfortable life. My immediate outlook is rather more comfortable than Shans Maximan's position. I guess also, in some odd way, I feel a sense of connection with him. He and I were two individuals connected in this event. I haven't been able to speak to him. But I don't feel angry with him. What happened, happened. Neither of us can unwind the clocks on those events. So now I have the rest of my life before me. And he does too. Dr. Towler expressed pity that Maximin's entire life changed so drastically because of his actions over those three weeks. He commented on the fact that before that, Maximin did not have a criminal record and had not been sectioned under the Mental Health Act. The doctor remarked, He was on a good course, and that may be difficult for him. Dr. Towler concluded by saying that he hoped his approach helped other people to feel differently with challenging incidents, before adding, I think in these situations, there's no right, so just go with it. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to our new Patreon producer, Laura Edwards, and everyone who supports us on Patreon. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.